Hola, this is Maria Plata, and I am here to tell you all about the random things I learn every day. I am a mom, a wife, a teacher, a highly sensitive person, and just a creative soul who wants to share my day-to-day learning with you. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast, and let's get talking. Hello, and welcome to the Plata Life Podcast, episode Five, no, episode six of season four. I am so excited that you are here listening to this podcast. And if you are a longtime listener, welcome back. If you are brand new to listening to this podcast, thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's been a crazy, crazy few weeks. Um, I don't know, the end of winter always makes me feel like it's a huge transition and like I can finally breathe again when I don't have to wear a jacket every single morning. But then it also reminds me that summer is coming and summer in Arizona can be quite challenging. So I kind of just try to remember to spend more time in this space that I'm in right now. Um, So in today's episode, I'm going to talk about how highly sensitive people just need more time and how we can actually use that to our advantage and we can learn how to navigate this kind of feeling of We have to hurry up because that's what everyone else is doing and knowing internally that we just need more time in order to get to where we actually want to get to. So I hope that you're excited to listen to this episode and yep, let's get talking. All right. So the story I have for you today is all about how I crashed and burned as I try to teach my first child how to speak Spanish. (laughs) I'm laughing and I'm a little embarrassed to be honest because I had my first and at the time I don't even remember how old I was like how old was I when I had my first kid I don't know time is an illusion um it really is but that's not the point of today's episode the point of today's episode is to talk about how we just need more time so I had my son and I was teaching at the time uh full-time obviously and I was teaching in a school where we had a Spanish immersion program so I was the first grade Spanish teacher and when I was pregnant, I had this whole idea that, oh my gosh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to raise this child to be completely bilingual, biliterate. It's going to be one of those unicorn children that you see that can continue the language and can also, you know, not be so stressed out by having to learn another language. And so I don't know. I don't know why I thought I needed to do that, but I think it had to do with the fact that I was a Spanish teacher. So how could I not teach my own child Spanish? Well, it was all going really well. And I read all the books I could about, you know, how do you raise a bilingual child? And I was like, this is going to be pretty easy. You know, like (laughs) I left now, like everything that parenting seemed to be when you read about it before you had your kids. Um, And I really thought I'm going to speak to this child in Spanish all the time. My mom will speak to this baby in Spanish. I have friends that speak Spanish. My husband will speak more Spanish because we don't speak Spanish between us, but we will make it a priority. My father-in-law speaks Spanish. He's from Argentina. This will be perfect. And for the first year or two, it seemed pretty easy. I mean, it felt really awkward to me to like sing kids songs in Spanish, but I was doing it for work anyway. So it didn't seem like a big deal. And so everything was going according to plan, kind of, because my child is highly sensitive. I also was thrown for a loop there. But 
it was around the time when he started preschool around three that I noticed a huge resistance to learning Spanish and I couldn't figure out why. And it really sort of terrified me. It was this idea that like I wasn't doing a good enough job. It was the idea that he hated Spanish, therefore he hated me. Um, you know, I flash back to having to learn English in an environment that wasn't so friendly for highly sensitive children. Um, you know, I had to get taken out of my class in order to go to my ESL class and I succeeded and I was doing really well, but then I was, you know, the, oh, you're so good at it and made fun of for being good at learning English. So then I had to pretend I didn't know some English words so that other people could stop making fun of me in my class. I mean, it was like little things like that. So, of course, you know, it triggered a lot of my own language experience when my three-year-old decided that, you know, he just wasn't going to respond to me in Spanish anymore. Um, then at that time, he had an explosion of language. When he was younger, he, he spoke and he had words, but he was also pretty quiet compared to his little friends and other kids his age. And so obviously, as a first-time parent, I was kind of freaking out a little bit, you know? And I thought, oh my gosh, my kid, he's not talking. I don't know what's happening. He doesn't say all the words all his friends are saying. Like, I must be doing something wrong. I always assume that. Um, not so much anymore, but back then I did. And I kind of took everything really personally, not really understanding what it meant to have a highly sensitive child, first of all. And then also, how many layers there are to raising a bilingual child. It's not just about teaching them Spanish. There's a lot that's involved with our heart especially having a highly sensitive parent, you know? So I ended up quitting teaching when after that year and I thought, well, I'm just going to start my Spanish business and that'll show him how important it is, you know, out in the community, how people are literally paying me money, like cash in front of him because I used to take him to my tutoring session sometimes. Or I would, you know, have Saturday classes once a month out of my house and we would like learn Spanish. Sometimes he would participate. Um, of course, there's like this big truck driving by. Now the dog's going to start barking. Nope, she's good. Yay. Okay. <laughs> um, so I really thought this is going to be the thing that hooks him. He's going to see how important Spanish is in my life. And then it just kind of plateaued. He understood it very well. He knew that he needed to respond to me in Spanish, but I think he really just felt the stress coming from me about it. It became this kind of like a tug of war of, well, I'm not going to do it because I can sense it's really important to her. So it kind of gave him the ability to have some sort of control. And obviously as it's happening, I have no idea that this is actually what's happening. And now that I reflect back on it, I'm like, oh, well, of course that's what was happening, but I was just pushing. I was going too too fast, too strong, <laughs> as I tend to do from time to time. And then I realized it was after having my second and in the middle of a pandemic, you know, I laugh now because I'm going back to the time when the pandemic started and I was like, okay, I'm going to have to homeschool this child with a newborn. This is going to be great. It's, you know, finally, I'm going to structure in a daily calendar time in Spanish. We can make YouTube videos together in Spanish. We can, I can read so much to them in Spanish. I mean, I just had this whole, like, this is the moment that's going to change everything. I even did some episodes back in season one, I think, towards the end about how to raise a bilingual child. Um, 
newsflash, I have no idea what I'm doing. Nobody ever really does, to be honest with you. So, I mean, I'm doing the best I can and I can share my experience, but I think it's important to remember that we all kind of learn by doing and that no child is the same and that our experiences are completely different. So you take what you can and you go with it, right? So yeah, I definitely tried to set up the environment where it could be really friendly for the language. And then I realized that I really was just stressing him out. He needed more time. I needed more time. The whole world needs more time. And I was pushing so strongly with the language because I saw it as a reflection of how good of a parent I was based on whether my child could speak Spanish or not. And so once I saw that finally, you know, he was what five at the time, um, it really kind of made me think. And I obviously had my Instagram account because I'm not on social media anymore, but I had my Instagram account where I was creating artwork in Spanish. And I kind of saw how the less I forced it on him and just applied it in my own life, the better the better he approached it himself. So then I started doing a lot of illustrations and, you know, let's do this in Spanish. And um, I would, I, I remember for one of the months that I was doing like a creative challenge, I did all um, like nursery rhymes and songs in Spanish because I wanted to relearn them so I could sing them for the baby. And he really, I mean, to this day, he will still play Mi Burrito Sabanero on the keyboard. Like that's the only song he's ever really learned on the piano. And it's just a tiny little piece of it. He just loves it so much. But it really became, I guess I had a huge aha moment that I was pushing so hard. And also I just needed to back off and give him the time and space to come to terms with how he felt about the language. So I was like throwing all this at him. So this is a very long-winded um, episode about my journey as trying to raise a bilingual child. That's a highly sensitive bilingual child and how he refused to learn Spanish. And I took everything personally. And eventually I came to the conclusion that I needed to back off and give him space. So the lesson in this whole experience has been just that highly sensitive people and children, obviously, just need more time. The processing energy that it takes to like go through daily life is so strong. Like we just need so much more time to think and to feel and to reflect and to really ponder the meaning behind things. And we just have to go at a much slower rate. And I was like pushing language down his throat and let's do flashcards and let's do songs and let's sing and dance and play and paint and all in Spanish. And you have to respond to me in Spanish. It just, it became too much. So what I learned was that by backing off and giving him the time and space, I could see and appreciate how he was going to approach the language and I could accommodate what I needed to in order to meet his needs instead of expecting him to meet mine. That's like a huge parenting um, epiphany, right? <laughs> you realize that it's not ever really about what you want or what you expect. It's really about meeting this human being who is already so whole and so like special in their own way. And it might be completely different than what you expected and letting go of that, letting go of that expectation. So that's kind of been the lesson. The deeper meaning with all of this is, you know, it really forced me to come to terms and identify my own need to rush. I had to dig deep and ask myself, why is it that I can't sit still 
for longer than five seconds? Why is it that when I'm running late, I seem to lash out on my children? Why is it that I have all this stress in my body because of time, 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 time? And well, one, my childhood, because I was raised by a mother who was like that. You know, um, I obviously, I've mentioned this before, she did the very best that she could. But certain situations just really imprinted how to feel about time, you know, in my brain. So I have to go back and unlearn a lot of that. And then the other part was being a teacher. Holy crap. You know, there is nothing more important than time as a teacher. It is go, go, go. This child is in the red. This child's in the yellow. This child's in the green. How do you move this child to be at that who's in red and reading or whatever you want to look at to move just as fast? No, actually way faster so that they can be at the same level as the green kid, but also don't let the green kid fall behind. So it's this whole misconception that we all need to be on the same timeline or within this range, right? We forget that we are dealing with human beings sometimes and not just in education. I mean, if you think about your job or you think about, I don't know, family, friends, whatever it is that we kind of have to come to this self-acceptance as highly sensitive people and understanding that we just need more time. So for me to run from, you know, when I was working, then I would try to do after school classes for my child, or I would try to go do this or do a play date and then do this and fit 10,000 things on a weekend. And then I'd go back to work on Monday, super exhausted. And I didn't understand why I couldn't do things the way that I was supposed to. Um, and I never stopped to ask, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Because it doesn't feel very good. I kind of just shamed myself. Um, for not doing better, you know, as a mother, as a teacher, as a wife, as a person. And it just, it's so exhausting. So if you're in that space now, um, I really urge you to just kind of think about that, you know, what is it that you really need for yourself? And if you're a highly sensitive person, that probably means that you need more time to decompress, to wind down, to just be by yourself with no noise, <laughs> no stimulation, nothing to get your nervous system back down from all the chaos out in the world. Um, you know, during the pandemic that I know it's been really hard for a lot of people, but that really has been one of the biggest blessings is that it allowed me to have that self acceptance to say, you know, this is just who I am. I'm going to need more time, which means I'm going to have to say no to a lot of things and have that acceptance for others. So for my son that I noticed, you know, I don't think he should be starting kindergarten right as he turns five because his birthday's in July. Like, I don't think that's going to give him enough time to really come into his own an extra year would be so much better. And I'm so glad I waited one because of the pandemic, but also because that summer before kindergarten, he just picked up a book and started reading it without me pushing it because I waited that extra year. You know, if I had started him in kindergarten and he wasn't ready, he just needed more time. And so I think really slowing down can be a huge gift for the highly sensitive person and being stuck in this pandemic. And, you know, for the first six months, I would say we didn't really see anybody and we would just go for these walks and we would take Sam and we would watch the sunrise together by this tree over at the park by our house. And just watching my children with the light of the sunrise, I will never forget these moments as a mother. Like it has been just so fulfilling to be able to see that and to be able to just acknowledge it and just accept it and take it as a gift that 
yes, children grow up and yes, it goes by so fast. I really hate it when people say that. Enjoy it because it goes by so fast. And I know it does, but just understanding that just because that's been your timeline doesn't have to be somebody else's. And just because you need more time, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you and that you need to change. It's more about understanding that it's not really about how fast we get there, but it's about the destination. I don't know. I'm totally butchering this. It's about the journey to the destination. I don't know, whatever saying that is. Um, so how do we turn this whole idea of HSBs needing more time into a superpower? Well, I always try to remember that the one moment that matters is right now. And that's about mindfulness. And now that I'm learning how to be in my body more without needing to run away or do something, you know, I, I really think about, okay, if I need more time, that means that I probably need to slow my breathing down first before I can even do anything. So now we work a lot on just breathing, breathing in and out and just reminding my body and my brain and my soul that it's okay to be where I am. I don't need to rush. I just need to be. Um, and then getting rid of whatever you can, you know, stuff, things that are around that make you feel cluttered as a highly sensitive person or things that remind you that you're on a time crunch or whatever. Um, commitments that you have made that don't really serve you because they're not allowing you to have enough time that you need to rest or do whatever it is you want to do. Even identities, like what can you get rid of? You know, one of the identities I have kind of sort of gotten rid of is, you know, the identity of a teacher. Yes, I'm still teaching in some capacity and I feel like I will always have part of that. I'm teaching adults, I'm teaching my own children, yes, but that um, identity that I had as a first grade Spanish teacher, and I know I still have it up on like my Pinterest page or whatnot, but I really had to come to terms with that. Like that identity doesn't really reflect my needs as a highly sensitive person. Being a teacher in today's, you know, public school system just wasn't serving what I needed out of my life and that it's okay for me to need more time and it's okay for me to take time away from that kind of career. You know, I can always go back to it if I wanted to, but that it's okay for me to get rid of that identity and to just observe and listen and nourish my own being so that I can grow at my own speed. I imagine, you know, if you plant a bunch of different flowers, they're all going to grow at different rates, you know, just because you plant them and one of them grows faster, you don't stop watering the other ones, right? It's the same concept. It's highly sensitive people just need more time. And that might mean that you don't take that job that makes you feel like crap every time or that you just take a different path or that you explain to your family, hey guys, in the morning, like I need to set all these timers just because I know that I need more time to get everything ready so that we're not rushing and then everyone's yelling and crying. Ah, yes, those are not fun mornings. They happen from time to time. But now that we understand that and we have a rhythm and there's a groove going, you know, it makes life a little bit easier as a highly sensitive person with highly sensitive child and a highly sensitive husband. <laughs> it can get really chaotic in here sometimes, but it's all good. So how can you turn this into your superpower? Really think about it. Observe your life, like not from a judgmental place of this is wrong and this is right. Like just observe it. Pretend you're somebody else in your life and then look at this, the parts that you might need to give yourself more time. You know, listen to what your body is actually telling you. Nourish it, you know, with food or, you know, activity. Go 
join that class or I don't know about COVID right now, but you know, go to the library and nourish your brain. I don't know. I'm saying weird stuff now, so I should probably stop recording, but you know what I mean, right? Just really think about your life and those times where you might think, wow, I feel rushed or that feels like I'm not there yet and everyone else is and just remind yourself that it's okay to need more time and you take all the time you need. It will be okay because when you do show up and you're nourished, it's such a beautiful place and you will do so many amazing things just by being yourself. So remember to use your highly sensitive trait as a superpower this week. Um, please connect with me if you'd like. You can go to my website, mariaplata.com. I am creating a coloring page for each of these episodes. I'm really excited. My son actually finally took one. I printed one, what, like five weeks ago. I printed the first one. I was excited and I showed him and he's like, okay, cool. I was like, he just needs more time. And then this weekend he colored it when I was out on Saturday with somebody. So I came back and it was all colored. I'm like, five weeks later, there we go. He got it. Um, which would have been fine if he didn't either. It's, it's all good. But, all right. I hope you have a great week. And like I said, just slow down, breathe. And I hope that you use your sensitivity to the best of your abilities. And if you don't, that's okay too. I'm just glad that you're here. And again, thank you so much for listening. Okay. Bye.